छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. That looks recording. <laughs> recording? Okay, that's not actually a word. <laughs> it's like magic. I hit the buttons and things are things happening. Things happening. <laughs> Podcast real good. <laughs> Welcome back to Don't Read the Latin. Konnichiwa. <laughs> so, how have you been? More importantly, how have you been? Seeing as how oh, the last time our listeners funny. heard from you was a video that you posted. Where your voice sounded kind of like this. What's really sad is that was the best my voice sounded that day. Oh, gosh. And by that evening, that was where I realized that I was done for. Yeah. Because it was like 9.30 in the morning when I recorded that. Oh, and my God. Yeah. Hey, so, so I was so, on like the third or fourth day of repeatedly losing my voice. Yeah. And when, when you have been, been having trouble with your voice, I know that that gets worse the later the day goes on. So if that's where you were at 9.30 in the morning, I presume yeah. that by the end of the day, you were sucking sound out of the room with your yeah. real presence. Yeah. It was it was really bad. I literally couldn't speak above just a, a breathy whisper. It was just... Yeah. yeah, that was not what I said. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, a couple of things that I wanted to bring up. Yes. I wanted to bring up the fact that I have been listening to a whole bunch of other podcasts, of which I'm going to provide a list later. But uh, listening to them has given me some insight as to what provides searchability for podcasts, uh, yes. um, especially on iTunes. But yeah, I, I, I have a feeling it that kind of extends the, that's to... That's the big dog. No, yeah, really, exactly. So. And, but it extends to the other podcatchers of choice. True. Two, basically, it states that um, because, you know, I routinely go to iTunes because that's, that's where I gather all of the podcasts that I listen to. And I really like podcasts. What I have discovered is the process for having things be up on the charts, having things become searchable, is a little nebulous, but what they have discovered is that the more ratings and reviews you have, the higher up in the charts it gives you, and the more searchable you become. That makes sense. So that, that's also true of uh, self-published books on Amazon, okay. for example. It's ratings, such as the ones you'll find by me on Amazon <laughs> under the name Michael Montour. Yes. <laughs> so I have a request for people that do like and listening to and enjoy our podcast. If you use iTunes. If you just give it a rating or even give us a short review talking about what you do or, you know, possibly even what you don't like. Jen <laughs> keeps getting sick. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I have to wait so long because she has no goddamn voice. They swear too fucking much. That's, yeah, that, that's... <laughs> so, but that's my request. Uh, one other thing I, I'm really trying to be good about. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lovely. Oh, yeah, and I am Michael Montour. Welcome to Don't Read the Latin. Want to make sure we do that. Um, I do have one, uh, and I and I love I love this phrase. One of the podcasts that I've been listening to uses um, the "My Favorite Murder." You know, I'm just going to toss these out really, really quick. Okay, yeah, um, and we should put a list of these on the website as yeah. well. So uh, the only thing is with. 
these podcasts that I've been listening to is I have been on the biggest true crime kick recently. Um, and so I've been listening to, and I've always had an interest. I like, I love horror and I love, I love true crime because the dark side of things Mm -hmm. just has an appeal for me. And so, um, and of course, I'm not going to find this. I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of overlap in those interests in our audience. Yeah, as well. like, yeah. You'd be astonished if there wasn't. God damn it! I never find anything. I'm looking. Well, anyway, um, there's so many lists to this little notebook. I know. You, you know, in a, in a movie where they find you know the serial killer's stash of notebooks, <laughs> and it's just I like to say Mother's <laughs> Son's Diary. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the one, anyway, the one that I was thinking of primarily is my favorite murder, and another one is um, you must remember this. They're both true stories. What I like about the two of them are they are a little irreverent and they are female-led, which I like. Sure. Um, but one of the things that they mentioned is housekeeping. Oh, okay. And it's where you have to, like, clarify things or that, that you messed up previously. Um, oh, man. That would take a whole episode. <laughs> we need a whole yeah. podcast for that. Yeah, yeah we, we, we could do that, like, the, just an errata podcast. Yeah. In episode one, we said that this movie was directed by John Smith. It I was, was actually. Yeah. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Why <laughs> Um, and my small amount of housekeeping is I have meant to bring this up every week since we covered it. Um, we had handsome boyfriend Jim on, I think it was the monsters podcast because we talked about, uh, Jeepers Creepers. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I came down very harshly on Victor Salva, the director of Jeepers Creepers, um, the director of Powder, um, a whole bunch of other, uh, movies that he's done because I, for some reason, believed and, and yes, I mean, absolutely, he's a pedophile um, that was caught sexually assaulting a, a young boy. Yeah, I believe like, that. Like an 11 year old. was there more than one, I think. I think there may have been more than one. But he was prosecuted. This was quite a while ago. It was probably like 93, 94, I think. Again, because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but he was, he was caught. It was, he was videotaped. There was proof. He served time. But for some reason, I had believed that uh, after he had started getting movies, that he had had another case against him of additional pedophilia. And I was like, fuck this guy. I'm not going to ever watch any of his movies. Yes. So here's the deal. Pedophilia is a horrible thing. Um, and I am, I am very glad that he was caught. I'm very glad he was punished. But here's the deal is that I think with any crime where if you served your time and done everything in your power to live a better life and don't have any more instances of that crime, do you need to be held up for the rest of your life as someone who doesn't have any relevancy for the rest of what you do? Right. And, and I am against that. Um, I think people deserve second chances. Uh, they've done a lot where they say pedophilia is one of those things like you're either a pedophile or you're not because either you have sexual inclinations towards children or you don't. And so one of the things that you have to do is um, you have to keep yourself from acting on what your preference right. is. So, but anyway, I, I felt it was, I, I felt I was being a little, I was making a statement that was on information I didn't have and was on presumptions that I had on what had happened with him. Sure. And I wanted to clarify on that because he is continuing to make movies. He's thinking about doing a Jeepers Creepers 3. Um, and from what I've gathered, he's a part of that. You know, and, and he admitted that he did wrong and served his time for it. You know? Yeah. So I know there's certainly a lot of people who would not agree with you on this one. Who, who mm-hmm. you know, 
are, are willing to put this in a, in, in a special category of, yeah. no, I, this can't be forgiven ever. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't honestly, hearing you talk about this, I don't honestly know where I stand on that. Yeah. I certainly agree with what you're saying in, in terms of just our justice system in general. Yeah. You know, I believe that it can be rehabilitative. I can, I believe that if somebody is... Oh, I think our justice system has nothing to do with rehabilitation. Well, but, but, but I, I mean, mean it, could, it can it could, be. And yeah. it sounds like, in this case... It may have. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Am so, I going to have babysit my daughter? No. Uh, yeah. No, not so much. <laughs> I, I, I still don't know if I ever want to launch uh, Jeepers Creepers 2, which I gather has a lot of, like, it you know, is really, partly class But it's very silly. But, yeah, it's very um, eye candy yeah. for, for uh, beefcake. Yeah. I don't which, know. Which, well, you know, that doesn't bother me in general, but... Uh. <laughs> the other two um, podcasts, to hop back to a previous subject, are um, Sword and Scale, and another one is called Criminal. And those are more uh, discussing specific cases in a much more researched. Um, you must remember this is also very, very researched. My favorite murder is really stream of conscious, and it's more listed comedic sure. um, in the podcasts. And they're like, we are not a resource. Right. Just we people are, just kind of kind of shooting their mouth off, yeah. you know, with no real basis in what they're saying. Yeah. I know and some podcasts are like well. that. <laughs> I wouldn't know anybody. <laughs> no, no, like no. I, yeah, I. I mm. <laughs> so those are my two things that I kind of wanted to cover. Um, what have you seen lately? Because we've had some uh, time. What have I seen lately? Well, we've had a long time. I, I guess the main. Th- I, I know. I, I, I promised on Tumblr that we would discuss this. Uh, I don't know if you want to get right into it or not. But the main thing that I know that we've both seen lately was High Rise, which uh, we have strong opinions about. Oh, I wish this is one of the very few times that I almost wish we had a video podcast because. <laughs> We still need to do that someday. Some. I've got Even a beautiful Shea Lounge that we can... That's true, yeah. With my giant golden bat-winged pumpkin. She's not kidding. <laughs> um, what did you like? Let's let's what? lead off with what was good. Okay. I loved this movie. I liked... Stylistically, it's gorgeous. Yes. Uh, st- stylistically, it, it's absolutely fantastic. It's Ben Wheatley, okay. who directed A Few Old Nanguins, Kill List... And what I'm forgetting. Sightseers. Sightseers, yeah. As well as some Dr. Who episodes. It's visually lush. The production design is great. It's set in sort of it's, an it's alternate... It's dystopia, yeah, yeah. which is such a perfect frame. Yeah, it really was. Because because the 70s were so... I don't know. It just it just seems beautiful yeah. for that. Uh, but basically, the, the, the whole movie is just this microcosm of a world spiraling out of control and people trying to act as normally within that as possible up to and, and beyond the point of absurdity. There, there are moments of it that are just, you know, really, really blackly funny that we laughed out loud at. There are other moments of it that are just really horrible and hard to watch. Um, I just found it just fascinating from start to finish. And then there's Jen. <laughs> I have opinions um period that is that is a sentence unto itself yes but um i i am kind of odd when it comes to my art film style movies which i think really that's what you could call this yeah I, I i found it very much an art film yeah um, very much a field of England is also very much an art film. What's weird with a field in England is, um, I don't know, it just resonated with me and I really liked it. Uh, 
this, it just, the first, the first thoughts I had were that it was, it was bloated and, um, like there wasn't enough story. It was all, it was all flash with no underlying story. The story wasn't enough for me. It was kind of all a whole bunch of really insincere people. Like I, like I didn't even like connect really with Hiddleston's character sure. because he just didn't. I don't think seem... you're supposed to be able to, honestly. But I needed to, yeah. Like even like her son, the, the little boy, mm-hmm. like he was the closest I got to caring about anybody, and that was my big deal. Is it all seemed sure. very much flash and no substance, and very, um, very overdone and bombastic in a way that didn't work for me. And, and I, I found everybody so unlikable and horrible. Um, and it also, I think, uh, in situations where it's all excess and greed, mm-hmm. like, that's just additionally, like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, like, oh, look, look how Rome fell. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, my biggest thing is, is when I was reading the trivia, because, boy, it hit a point where I was like, I stopped the movie, and I'm like, does anybody really want to finish this? And out of the and four people in the room, I was the only one. Only one. And thank God there was only, like, 15 minutes left, and we suffered through it. <laughs> um, it was very nice of you, and I don't know that thank you enough for this. <laughs> I love you. Because I, I, was, I was just fascinated. I would have been, been a little heartbroken if I didn't get to the end of the Absolutely. Anyway. Um, so it just didn't, it didn't work for me. It didn't have enough heart. Um, there was no center line of somebody to get me through the, the excess and uncaring of everyone else. Okay. So it's, it's a similar problem I've had with other movies. Well, the, the one specifically I want to ask you about is how you feel about, uh, Cronenberg's Crash, because... I've never seen it. You've never seen it? Okay. I typically do not like very much. I don't like... Uh, I think we've had this conversation before where I, I felt that Cronenberg was very, he was masculine in a way that didn't translate to me. I get and, that. Okay. Yeah. And, oh. and his, his issues that he has that he keeps returning to regarding sexuality and body horror are just not my bag. Right. So he has just a really cerebral approach that, there's not enough feeling. Whereas, you know, my favorite of his movies being The Fly, where it still does have that that brittleness and failing. But um, Goldblum's Goldblum's attempt to keep this clawed grasp on his humanity yeah. is what works for me in that film. Whereas a lot of them just don't and so, but and the thing is, there's a whole bunch of them I haven't seen because it, his storytelling doesn't appeal to me. Now, the reason I bring that one up in specific, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you know this, but for those of you in our audience who don't, both High Rise uh, and Crash are, are based on novels by J.G. Ballard. Yeah. And from what I understand, I, I, I have not personally read any any Ballard, but but from what I understand, his his whole deal comes down to looking at how. Uh, the, the extremes of modern society could influence us in, in ways in which it makes it harder and harder for people to connect emotionally. Um, and this was certainly all about that, and so is Crash. Yeah. So I definitely would, would say 
Uh, if you're going to watch any other Cronenberg, skip that one. I love it for a lot of the same reasons that I like this. You're not going to. Yeah. Um, because just like this, since it is about characters who can't connect emotionally, there's not a lot emotionally for the audience to connect to. And there's not a strong story to either one of these because neither one of them is about telling a story exactly. Um, and that it, it, it is more about establishing a setting and a mood. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, all movies have to, to, to tell a story, yeah. no matter what Kelly Young says. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyhow. Um... Alright, so High Rise. High Rise. Great big thumbs. It's very Siskel and Ebert. Great oh, yeah, absolutely. Up yeah. From Michael yeah. Montour and a great big thumbs down. Absolutely. Jennifer Loved it and hated it. Yeah, that's, those, are, those are our two opinions. Now, let's talk about a movie that uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen. Okay. That uh, I just saw uh, last night or the night before, I don't remember which, is Don't Breathe. I have not seen You've it. You've not seen it. No, oh, I've, heard, I've okay. heard it's on par with Green Arrow. Okay, you saw Lights Out. But you I saw seen Lights Out, yes. Don't Breathe. Okay, I want to I hear you do talk not, about that. I do not think that I am going to see Don't Breathe in the theater. Okay. Because I've heard it's very similar to Green Room in its in its violence, and it's, um, and... I, I think, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Green Room is way more has more violence throughout, and, and the violence itself has more immediate physical consequences. Okay. Uh, but it's still pretty intense. As much as I, I would say, oh, I love this movie, you should run out and see it in the theater, I don't think there's anything that's going to be lost by waiting for it to come out on home video. Though, um, on a completely separate note, mm -hmm. um, I think it really needs to be mentioned what a fucking amazing year it has been for horror in the theater this summer. Yeah, right? You remember at the beginning of the year we were looking ahead of what was coming out this year and we're like, eh, yeah. But it's all it's all doing really, really well. Yeah. And of course I just closed my computer because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, oh, is that one? Okay. Yeah, something like that. Because um, let's see. Uh, we had the con... Okay, so... We had... Let's see. Uh, kind of just summertime. We had Conjuring 2. We've had Don't Breathe. We've had The Perch Anarchy. Mm -hmm. um, Which I don't think either of us saw, but I know it did really well. And But that's the thing, is all of these... All of these uh, summer horrors are not blockbuster style, but they're all making back their money, mm -hmm. and they're all doing which, pretty well. Which can't be said of the summer blockbusters. No, the movies that students were expecting just, to be a hit. Have are not just gone down the toilet. It's a weird year for movies. Uh, so, during Neon Demon, which kind of went down the toilet, oh, and they thought it was terrible. Uh, Ten Cloverfield oh, Lane, yeah, Lights fantastic. Out. All right, that's kind of it for summer. I'm, and, and don't breathe. Um. So you know, see it, see it in the theater, or wait for. Like, I, I, I think still, be, I think you'll be fine see, seeing it uh, on home video. Uh, I hope it will still be as immersive, because there were certainly parts of it. You, 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 you know from the trailers, the setup of it is it's yeah. these, these people who break into a house that belongs to a blind guy who turned out to be just a ridiculous badass. Mm -hmm. um, it was very immersive in the sense that there were... And important were, to note that it's directed by Fede Alvarez, who yes, did the remake of Evil Dead. Which I also loved. Yeah. Um, which I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, 
this one I think I think you'll like better More than that than one. That. Yeah. Because uh, it's but more I, of a straightforward story. But I've heard it, it suffers the same of not really developing the characters too terribly much. Like, literally the description I heard was the character development you see in the trailer is as much character development that they get for the entire movie. You get more than that. You, you, you get the characters sketched out a yeah. little more. Okay. Um, but I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, it, it, it's very immersive in the, in the sense that there were several scenes in which I felt like I was creeping around in this house and trying yeah. not to get caught. And this was really interesting to me. I don't normally have reactions long after the fact from movies, but this one you did. I saw this, and, and, and I, I'm currently uh, house-sitting for my sister, so I'm in an unfamiliar house. And the next day after I saw this movie, I stepped onto a floorboard that creaked and had this immediate, oh, fuck, reaction. Yeah. And then realized, no, you're you're not, you know, hiding from a blind guy who's trying to kill you. You might have startled the cats, but not really. So, that much. Yeah. So so that. Uh, oh, I'm just gonna mention it. Um, between between the time that uh, we recorded last, uh, you will notice there is no meowing. Yeah. In the distance, and uh, basically, my my 19 year old Abigail uh, developed lung cancer. And uh, had dropped a good portion of her body weight between March and now. And she was not. She very was no. Much she was, she went. She went with. from eight pounds down to five. Yeah. And so it was literally just skin and bones and fluff. And um, and uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it just hit the point where uh, it was time to let her go because uh, yeah. she was really trying to separate herself and and just wasn't. She present. was ready to and, go. and she was in yeah. pain. And so yeah. it was time to let her go. Um, I put my foot down and said, God damn it, I'm not going to adopt any cats. Um, and uh, you don't hear them right now. One of them is very chatty. But uh, this last <laughs> Saturday, I had a friend who, due to a move, um, could not keep her six-year-old fluffy-ass black cats um, <laughs> that are a boy and girl siblings. And they are giant flipping cats. They're just huge. I mean, I, I, I kind of worry about my back every time I, I go to lift them. <laughs> um, and if uh, they're Max and Maggie, and if uh, Max is very much a chirper, and he, he will follow me around, and, wah, 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 wah. and I'm like, yes, uh-huh, what are you okay? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. But he, like, only comes out, like, after everything has gone quiet. Right. And they're very, they're still very scared, but so, I, I went, like, three weeks. <laughs> With no cat, I put my foot down and accidentally put it down on two pair of two cats. Right. <laughs> so that's my that's what happened. But yeah, I, I know. I, I listened to the Ghostbusters episode and, yeah, and I was unprepared meowing. and to hear her yeah. meowing in the background and I had to turn it off and listen to it more after I left work because <laughs> they'd seen me crying enough. So, but you know, 19, 19 plus years is a good long stretch. It's, yeah, it's pretty damn long for a cat. So, um, I I'm going to go through a really quick because um, none of these deserve like a really huge mention, um, and then I'm going to very quickly uh, cover a couple of the really good horror things that I saw. I saw Demolition Man for the first time, which now I yeah. now I get everything being. Uh, being Taco Bell. Taco Bell. <laughs> there are several jokes that I quote from that movie. Now, <laughs> that now you understand that them. I, that I've never heard. Yeah. I thought it was very fun. I uh, watched an action movie called The Raid. 
Oh, um, yeah. I which was, really yeah, good. no, it's, it's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And then also they are, um, in two of the, there's the two groups that, um, that, uh, jump onto the Millennium Falcon to threaten Han Solo and one of the, the, the Asian guys. It is literally all of the people from the raid. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. And, uh, so, um, Sal brought up Chucky, which, was really funny, and I absolutely fell in love with Jennifer Tilly's character, Tiffany. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she... I, I, I thought you would. She it. was really the absolutely best part. She absolutely because, because there's a little part of me that loves a woman who will just beat the shit out of somebody, yet wanting to make pretty things and cookies. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm kind of that woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I That's always... That's not wrong. I yeah. always joke on... Um, that from leverage that Elliot is my spirit animal because the the whole episode where they're like, did you kill a man with an appetizer? And he's like, yes. <laughs> as he's making this beautiful fine dining meal or pairing wines or beers with dinners as he's like also beating the ever loving crap out of people. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, because I remember whenever I'd get mad when I previously owned my house and we had a bunch of things that were needing to get torn down. And, and I remember there was like this, this buildup of walls and things and studs and stuff in the basement. And they had like glued, not only had they like screwed them into the cement, but they like glued them down. So they were really stuck. Oh, okay. And I went down there one time when I was mad <laughs> with one of the really long crowbars and a sledgehammer. And they were gone because, yeah. um, my bones can't really handle as strong as I am. They're kind yeah. of, my joints and bones are kind of bad, but pretty muscular for the, the short woman that I am. And I like just hitting things sometimes. <laughs> I really thought violence was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> now, from what you told me the other day when you told me you'd seen it, you didn't love the movie overall. I, I think yeah, it's probably okay. fair to mention yeah. here. So. No, I, I still don't like really like comedies that much, and horror comedies even less so, and there's there's a lot of just cute nods to other yeah. horror movies yeah, that I thought yeah, you'd yeah. enjoy. Why does that look familiar? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, in when I was really really watching, God, what did I? In one of my podcasts that I was listening to, they talked about um, the People versus O.J. Simpson, and uh, which was a a movie that they did. It was like a mini series um, with a bunch of uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. playing O.J. All right, I can um, see that. And the 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 woman who was in all the American Horror stories, she played one of the she played the conjoined twins, and I can't remember her name right now, but she played Marsha. Um, the the uh, Marsha. It doesn't matter. Um, but it, Marcia? Marcia, Marcia. No, that's something else. <laughs> something <about>. else, yeah. <laughs> um, but it oh. was really amazingly well done. I personally, I and I love my true crime. I avoided everything with uh, the uh, original trial. Because I really had issue with it being televised. Yeah. Uh, and Likewise. I did not like supporting that. Um, so I avoided a lot of knowledge. Also, coming from a, a home with a lot of abuse, having the police actively ignore um, a lot of calls for help yeah. uh, really kind of fucked me up. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you, you know, you I needed... I needed a good 20 years. You find so much of that when you start looking at true crime stuff. It's really horrifying. Yeah, you're like, damned if you do. And the thing is, the people who got mad, well, why didn't she, she had left him. Yeah. She had left him. 
I, and I she al- got fucking killed anyway. I always think of the one guy who got away from Dahmer briefly. You know about that? Mm-mm. Yeah, there there was some teenage boy who who got away from uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, and the police found that this this hysterical half naked half naked boy, and Dahmer you caught up to the managed to convince the police that oh this is. This is my boyfriend. He's just having kind of a little episode. And and I'm going to take him home. And they're like, oh, okay. And, yeah. and then he died. Yeah. Good so, times. Yeah. And then, um, I'm such a cheerful fucking person. We bring rays we, of sunshine. Because immediately after watching that, then I also watched O.J. Made in America, which is another miniseries, but it's all um, literally footage of the trial. Oh, sure. And, but yeah, both are really amazingly well done if you like the sort thing. Um comedies. I watched Keanu, which is Key and Peele. And oh, that's the one with the kitten. With the kitten. Oh my god. Where everybody falls in love with the kitten and it's, it's there are times where I had to walk in the other room. It's so funny. I watch horror. I watch absolutely horrible horror, but if there's embarrassment humor, yeah, I had to like keep to I had to keep wandering in the other room and then I'd come back in and I'd find another funny part and then I'd, yeah, it was it was a mixed bag for me, but overall it was pretty damn cute. This is why I can't watch uh, Arrested Development. A lot of oh, my friends think Jim that's amazing, loves, and I couldn't finish the first episode. Yeah, it's that's not. It's not oh, yeah. Uh, that, that reminds me that the other night you showed me Spy. Oh, and I have to, well, to get you through the beginning of yes, it. Yes, because the beginning of it, it looks like that's the kind of movie it's going to be. And I'm like, uh, it's a very funny, good movie. I yeah, love Spy. yeah, it was good. Um, it wasn't quite as good as Ghostbusters, but it was good. Uh, Gene Wilder passed, and yeah. Gene Wilder is literally one of my formative crushes. And it also really hit me that I don't have a favorite movie of his. Um, the movie where I developed my crush on him was Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. But I'm a huge Western fan, and um, it's very mean to the genre. Yeah, You really get that that they didn't like the genre very much. Whereas we, I also showed Young Frankenstein, which is a love letter to which is a love letter to the old Universal movies, movies. Yeah. and uh, it's it's done in a very different style. But also, I watched The Little Prince, which I had never seen, mm-hmm. and the Fox and the Little Prince is just. I think it's a very uneven movie overall. It is a but very that bit you're talking about right there might be my favorite bit, of his performances. Yes, because he is He's so heartrending. Yeah. Um, so what I did after he died is I did watch, and the thing is, I kind of fast forwarded through the wacky parts of the. And got to Fosse and and Gene Wilder, and I primarily watched those parts. Um, but mainly, I just watched a lot of interviews. There was a whole bunch oh, of sure. um, interviews that were done uh, in the late eighties, and in some that were even from two thousand ten. Um, and I realized I I never loved Gene Wilder for his roles. Uh, I loved him for Gene Wilder, yeah, because he was this, you know, uh, and I loved Gilda Radner. And they made some really important points that, you know, he had Gilda for five years. He had two years of marriage and three years of of suffering through cancer with her. And that was the entirety of their whole relationship, was this tiny little encapsulation of time that was really horrible and painful. And he's been married to his his current wife uh, for the last 20 years. And so I had to kind of stop sometimes when people are like, oh, he's with Gilda. And I'm like, no. His wife, and he had been really happy, happily married for 20 years. He loved her. Yeah. Let's remember she's grieving, too. And, uh, you know, so I, I love the idea of he and Richard Pryor and Gilda all just laughing so hard that they couldn't speak. Yeah. 
you know, together again. Uh, for horror, I saw lights. I, yes. I should cut that bit, and yet I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, it, as long as we're still talking about Gene Wilder, there's uh, a movie that I know several of my friends rewatched on his death that I did not. Oh, yeah. Well, I, okay. I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before or not. <laughs> But the one movie that scared me so badly when I first saw it, that to this day I cannot watch it again, is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Which, um, yeah, I realize is kind of special, but, but when I saw it as, as a small boy, and these horrible accidents were befalling the, these children, and an unconcerned looking Willy Wonka was having them just shuffled off stage, I just, just immediately presumed that he was having them taken out of sight to be disposed of. That is where my brain went, even as a small child. He's having them all killed! Yes, and because we never see them again at the end of the film. But yeah, whenever whenever I'm walking to you know, a store or a room or whatever, and it's on, I'm like, nope! And just uh, <laughs> turn around and, you know, I, I, yeah. can't do it. Um, so the horror that I saw, both of which I, I really recommend, is I saw Lights Out, mm-hmm. which is an amazingly well- Story. That's fantastic. I didn't see any way that it could be. It it is. It it uh. It's a very full. Every character is is fleshed out and has a good story. Um, has their own concerns and their own depth. They are so respectful to the arc of the characters in the movie, in a way that so many movies aren't in hopes for a sequel. Okay. It was just really well done. Um, it definitely scared me a bunch of times. And now the times where I do go into my work bathroom in the morning and I have to wave my arms to turn the light on, a <laughs> little more frightening now. Sure, sure. <laughs> the other one that I saw that um, isn't a perfect movie, but it's really, really original, and I thought it was really, really well done. Um, it kind of hit me on the same um, level as, like, Absentia, where it seems like the budget's a little bit lower, but everybody's... Uh, sure. Seem, it, it, a little bit higher up on the food chain than Accentia, okay. money-wise. But it definitely felt like a more indie movie, and it's called Come Back to Me. But it's really, really original and frightening. And, oh. and um, I have This isn't even on my radar. I have not heard of this movie. Okay, so this is also a really big point that I need to make. So um, hardly anybody used this feature on Netflix. Back, back when Netflix used to have some social aspects. Yeah, I wish that had taken off. Me too. And because I utilized the heck out of it. I had all my friends on there that were on Netflix. And then also you could create lists. And it was so wonderful to find people who had similar tastes in you. Yeah. And you could, you know, I had all these lists that I created. I put so much heart and soul into them. And I, then when they I took them, and the thing is, they, they said were. that they were taking them, because less than a 1% of the people using Netflix used it. Yeah. Okay. It was just unused and then and I have a feeling it, it probably took a lot. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, all right. So the one thing that broke my heart is um, I thought before they disabled everything that I had captured all my lists and I had not. They were just oh, all gone. And, like, I had created lists like every single Italian film mentioned in Scorsese's My my uh, my Trip to Italy, where he mentions all of these Italian sure. films that okay. he saw on that. Because there was a New York station that showed all the like art films of Italy, 
And that was basically what got him to fall in love with film. And sure. so I mentioned every single film. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, and stuff like that. So I have missed that feature. And then one of the things that's really angered me is so much stuff gets a VOD release that you can Google all you want. You can go to Wikipedia and search 2016 horror. And if you're lucky, you're going to see about 37 movies. Yeah, you got the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. And, and, and the thing is, it's really, really hard, especially to find the stuff that's getting VOD releases, not actual theatrical releases. So, I'm going, what I'm going to say is, I'm going to do my best to do this. What I am doing is, I am utilizing IMDb lists. Um, 90% of the time when I have searched or been, you'll see a list, like if you're searching movie genres, you'll see a couple IMDb lists pop up. And you'll go to them, yeah. and they're kind of half-assed. Yeah, generally. Or, or it'll be like, Japanese film, and it's like, Asian, which is... Yeah. Um, I definitely ran into that problem a lot while which, I was... Which, because we haven't mentioned our theme for today, oh, yeah, is going to be Japanese horror. Yep. Um, or J-horrors. J-horrors. Yeah. Um, so a lot of their uh, lists are shit. So I am, I'm compiling a, number one, 2016 horror list... Um, it's currently around 150 movies. Yeah. Which I, I certainly had no idea there so were that many. What I have been doing is um, I am just when I have spare time, I will go onto YouTube and just search 216 horror. 2016 horror. And because um, the thing is that really pisses me off is even I will go to try and find these titles on IMDb, they won't come up in the IMDb search. But if I go to Google and I search IMDb movie title 2016, they'll come up, but yeah. they're so low on the total pole, which is, again, why you can't find all of these movies. So I'm just adding them. So we'll we'll put links to them. So what I'm doing is I'm keeping a, I have a 2017 already started for stuff that's oh, projected cool. okay. to come out in 2017. I've got the 2016 list. Um, and then I'm also going to be creating, it's not going to have uh, Michael's movies, but those, I mean, everything is listed um, on our Don't Read the Latin site of every movie that's mentioned. You know, I did a while ago start keeping an IMDb list of just stuff I'd watched. Uh-huh. I gave up on it, but now that you're getting into this more, maybe yeah. I'll pick that back up. So another thing I was thinking about doing is just because I, I constantly do a, my watched movies. I have my own list for that. So I yeah. was thinking about doing that too. But I will have a list of all of the movies that I'm using for reference in the themed podcasts that we do. So I'm going to have a running series of lists. Um, And, you know, the thing is, I'm running across a lot of stuff that isn't fantastic. But the thing is, these small independent movies are not going to get seen if we don't know they exist. And so, you know, you know, it's not a job. You know, I do have a full-time job, and I'm a single parent on top of this. <laughs> so you have two full-time jobs. I have two full-time jobs. I'm cuts! Um, Three so, full-time jobs. <laughs> I don't know. They take a lot of work. Um, so I'm going to, but I'm going to, you know, put some work into that. Yeah. And uh, it'll give us an extra reference, and hopefully we can find some of those hidden gems that are out there. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. So, so what else have you seen that... Uh, There's nothing else I've seen, but I, I remembered something else that I wanted to... To ask you about okay. about uh, high rise, um, is it a horror movie or not? No, I don't think it is either. No. Okay, moving on. No, uh, uh, I, I actually want to talk about uh, what I was thinking earlier in, in terms of it why is specifically a thriller. Yeah, but there are certainly because moments. There's peril. 
but there are certain moments in it that that absolutely horrify. So it's kind of like, well, why yeah. why is it not a horror movie? And, and I realize that to me, uh, a, a real horror movie kind of has two components: it has to horrify and it has to be scary. Yeah. So 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 to put it another way, you you have to to, to both have their action. Oh my God, that's not okay. Plus, oh shit, look out. Yes. And oh yeah, that's a, that's a great. Thank you. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was a good way to think of it. And and while High Rise has plenty of oh my god, that's not okay moments, it, it doesn't have any oh shit, look out moments. Yeah. And so it, even though it was kind of classed as a horror movie when it was getting released, and that's part of the reason why we brought it up here, I don't think it really counts. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The only other things I've watched recently have to do with uh, our actual episode theme. All right. Uh, the one other thing I'm going to bring up. Just because occasionally I do bring up kids stuff that I see, uh-huh. um, I saw the new Jungle Book. Yeah, and um, I did not like it. Okay, uh, though uh, Jim did, mm-hmm. uh, and Tecla liked it. My issue is um, I have a problem with the entirely CGI. Yeah, created movies. Uh, pretty much, the little boy is the only thing that isn't generated for the film. My other issue is I do not like uber celebrity voices being used when they're not terribly good voice actors. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Bill Murray. Yeah. I love the shit out of him. He is a terrible voice actor because so well, much what, uh, Jim was Jim saying, saying about the Ghostbusters video game. It's the same thing. He's playing Baloo in this. And yeah. So much of his comedy and what he gets across comes across with his physical actions, and I think if that's taken away, you lose a lot of his his action or his um, impact as an actor. Um, Scarlett Johansson as Ka uh, was an interesting choice. They do um, a couple of the major songs through the credits, and she does a version of "Trust in Me." Trying to, oh, Ka, yeah, Ka is the same. The same. You know, they, 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 gender they, flipping that. Yeah. Um, but she almost has too distinctive of a voice, and it doesn't translate enough to me. Sure. But it worked for a lot of other people. Okay. Uh, Christopher Walken, you could tell that they were trying to put a little bit of their features. They used, because the actual orangutan isn't found in that area of, of India mm-hmm. where the book takes place, so they had him be kind of a prehistoric orangutan called a gigantic something something. Uh, and oh, they, I think I know the kind of animal you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but, but he's an absolutely animal. huge yeah. orangutan. But they really modeled it after his face, so you see Christopher Walken's eyes staring out of this That's giant orangutan, okay. and it's kind of not okay. Um, there is a scene, though, where he goes after Mowgli, and it is like one of the best parts as he's utterly destroying this ruins that he's in because he's so huge and he's literally knocking out pillars as he's going after him. And it's good and it's tense and it's well done and it was probably one of the best animated set sequences in the entire movie. Right. Uh, Ben Kingsley did a really wonderful job. um, But there was just enough of them where the voice acting was kind of subpar and it's really uncanny valley for me. Yeah. It just doesn't work because it, it always strikes me as not as, as not being real and thus it's constantly knocking me out of the story. Did you ever see a Polar Express? That's fucking Dear me. Christ. That, that, yeah. That's one of the most terrifying movies ever made. That's not what they intended. Nope. The, the, the animation in that is just so 
desperately in Uncanny Valley. Yeah, my dad and stepmom said that for Tekla, and she really oh, likes it. And it oh, just, I'm sorry. Like, like, that's going to scar you for life, child. <laughs> I, I, I saw it with um, someone I was dating. We, we were at their family's house at, around Christmas time, and it was on in the background. And we were trying to pay attention to the conversations that were happening with with the actual family that we were, were present with. But our eyes just kept getting drawn in horrified train wreck fascination over to the television. Yep. And we kept looking at each other with this look like, are you seeing the same shit I'm seeing? Yeah. It was, um, That's yeah. not okay. It was amazing. <laughs> amazing. It, it, yes, I know. It's like your translation of amazing, which is not a good thing. It, 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 it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> so our theme for tonight is Japanese horror. And when it got really big here, because the thing is they started in the mid-90s. Yeah. And so uh, one of the things I learned is so in the mid-90s, which um, is when a, a lot of these originally came out, I think Renew is 98 so, Japan went through an absolutely epic um, financial crisis in the 90s. Oh, okay. Like, the bottom fell out. And they have had proven studies uh, that that say that um, a lot of horror comes out and is wildly successful in times of economic crisis because... It's something I, I we can think, channel our cultural anxiety into. I yes, think, which, you know, yeah. uh, the 1930s, we had, you know, the start of the Universal War. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, but I had no idea, like, how bad it was until I'd done this research and, and realized that we had this whole slew of, of Japanese horror that was starting, but it was all on that, riding that tide of, okay. of that kind of um, countrywide fear and, and pathos. So it was just a really interesting thing that I that wasn't aware of. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, when I saw these, I I think the Japanese horror was the first thing that got me into the overarching Asian horror. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, I think I think I started with uh, Japanese horror, then went on to, like, Korean horror, which is... <laughs> A whole nother ball of wax. We, we got to do is, an episode on Korean horror, and, and we then, got to do one on like Hong Kong and Chinese. Yes, I think what's probably going to end up happening, and the reason why I specifically said Japanese is because I want to leave the option for later podcast of, um, you know, uh, I think uh, I think what'll probably happen is Japanese, Korean horror, and then do all of the rest of the else. Asian countries because um, yeah. I don't think there's enough volume to cover Thailand, Hong true, Kong. True. Um, there's a lot of really good movies, but then we're covering all just the very best. Where with yeah. Korean and Japanese, you can have a really full conversation on. Yeah, no, you sold me. Really yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do. I don't know if these will be you know, like our immediate next episode, yeah, well. but <laughs> these are not going to be our immediate next episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we will definitely do those. At some so, point. Yeah, I started discovering the Japanese horror probably 2001. Um, sure. Is when I started finding them. Uh, it was that Vertigo video on Capitol Hill. Uh, oh, okay. And uh, it, it was, you know, Rias and, um, God, I can't even remember his name, the guy. We, we're even friends on Facebook now because <laughs> she pointed me back to him and he's like, moved down to California. But they were just wonderful in uh, finding me new things. And, but they were well, so that's, scary. Uh, that's Rias Hall, it's a yeah. scarecrow video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scarecrow video where you should go and rent movies because they're fantastic. And, and you should, should go say hi to Rias. And Rias gets the S. It will confuse her greatly. <laughs> She'll be like, who are these people? Um, but yeah, I just, they were so 
different and atmospheric and um, culturally, like, just hitting something that, that our movies don't. Yeah. There's an undercurrent to them. Um, well, one of the things that I found really early on in watching them is that they were engaged with our modern-day world in a way that horror in the United States was not. Yeah. Uh, and I found that really interesting. The one... So here's... Okay, in especially in rewatching them and not having them be my first watchings again, mm-hmm. realize that with the ones that I've discovered I don't like as much, is there is just a nihilism. Yeah. And and also, um, like, okay, to mention, uh, I can't remember, do you or don't you like Juan? I do not. Okay. Jim also does not like it. Oh. His, his issue with it is specifically that there's nothing they could have done. Oh, there's, yeah. You're, and, and they were fucked for simply just going in the house. Their ghosts can't be reasons. They are just, their ghosts are just malevolent forces of anger. Yeah, especially like, in the case of Juan. Especially, yes, in the case of Juan. I really liked it, but it's one of those movies I really liked in the first telling. Okay. Um, I rewatched it for for this, and... Um, I tried. <laughs> And there are so many things that are really bothering in it and very uncomfortable and unsettling and scary. Um, and also it, it does that nonlinear um, and, and hopping yeah. character to character that uh, their films often do. In this particular case, that completely kept me from getting yeah. engaged with the characters or the story. Well, what movie if were you, there was a story. What, what story, what movie were you talking about recently where they did a character jump and you were like... And I did like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, we, we were talking about uh, the Evil Dead remake. Okay. Actually. You know, started off with one protagonist and ends up with a different protagonist. Yeah, and you were like, completely that, that, for Yeah, it. but but with, with this, I had a really hard time, and especially with the time jump, I was like, okay, so who is this character? Oh, this is this is that one character's sister? No, no, is this, this is the wife. Wait, no, it isn't. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it's really slow. Yeah, oh, it is. It really it, is. It, it, and again, what I'm going to say is, I really liked it on that first watching. Yeah. Um, it doesn't to me. It doesn't um, because you're just riding that that eeriness and discomfort and and very very frightening moments. Like I loved that journey. I think that that works really well on your original watching, where you're just kind of riding this crest of a, a wave of almost discomfort. <laughs> sure. Discomfort in storytelling, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. There's no payoff in a rewatch. Yeah. Um, because it's all awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, the, I have really mixed feelings about the ghosts in it. There are some moments in the film that absolutely work. That are wonderfully terrifying. Like. The girl looking on the blanket, and there's the ghost of a little boy staring back mm-hmm. up at her from underneath her blanket, and then, then pulls her out of sight, and she's gone. That's terrifying. Yeah. But then there's other bits where, like, the, the, the ghost of the boy is just standing there, like, that's just a kid in white makeup. <laughs> that is, that is just, this is as scary as, like, you know, coming into your house and finding there are mimes. That, no, wait, never mind. That would be terrifying. <laughs> that, that'd be way scarier <laughs> than anything that actually happened in the world. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's good for the first watching. You know what's funny is I remember watching the American remake and being just like, ugh, 
But for some reason, I remember watching the the second American sequel. There is one. Yeah, Holy and it shit. had it okay. had like Amber Hamblin. I remember it, but I remember it being entertaining. But I huh. I don't know if that means it's good. See, this is a mistake <laughs> I've made several times now, and and Juan is the first one I did this with. This is the most optimistic thought that has ever gone through my head. It has happened more than once, and it never pays off. And that's, well, gosh, I didn't really care for this Japanese horror movie, but maybe the American remake will be better. We'll bring something to it, yeah. That never happens. <laughs> never happens. If I didn't like the original, I'm not going to like the remake either. It's usually worse. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but I remember, I remember finding it you know, kind of entertaining in... Now, there's one thing that, that I just found out in researching this that I never knew about Juan. Okay. This is the third movie. Oh, really? Yes. There were two movies that went direct-to-video, okay. and they did well enough did that they, they made a third movie, and that one got theatrically released. Did and they, that's so the did, one... Did they start out as TV movies? Yeah. Because I know I a lot of so. Japanese yes. horror yeah. starts out as, as television movies. Um... And so I'm wondering if I would like it better if it was a payoff, if, if I had seen the two previous movies. Yeah. However, I don't wonder this enough to, watch to actually sit down and watch two more movies in a series yeah. of a movies movie that I didn't like. Right. That's an even more optimistic thought than maybe the American remake would be better. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, unwarranted. Um, kind of uh, starting with um, slightly lesser known. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that's um, pretty hard to find, and unfortunately, I kind of don't know how it will hold up, um, is a movie called St. John's Wart. Uh, that I really, I really loved it. Um, I remember I kind of started watching it. Um, I think by the time I was moving, I found a DVD version of it. What was really neat about it is the primary female protagonist in the movie um, is a video game creator. Oh, that's cool. And uh, what she does is uh, she does, like, the kind of scary ones, and she draws uh, from her nightmares. And so there's this, like, okay. I think a house that... And, and so one of the things that's neat is it kind of goes into video, it, and it, it, it hasn't aged well, because it goes kind of video game kind of visuals. Mm-hmm. There's... And then it also does, like, some camera work from, like, uh, cameras that are like security, security cameras? cameras and stuff like that. And so it's kind of hopping all over the place, and then they go back to her. They go back to her hometown where she keeps having nightmares about it, and the house that she was, you know, born in, or something. And there's a horrible twist. Eh, you know, it's. I would watch this. That sounds know, like fun. I've got okay. it. Um, I remember really enjoying it. I don't know how. I, I really liked it, but I've talked to other people that saw it, and they were like, "You really like that?" And I'm like. So I don't know. And then they I don't, don't talk have, to you. And then they don't talk yeah, to me yeah, anymore. That's, that's really sad. Okay. Um, but I really enjoyed it um, when I watched it back then. Um, so there you go. Okay. But it's really, uh, really hard to find. So I, <laughs> even if you want to. Um, uh, I, I want to go back even farther This to, to something that's considered one of, if not the first Japanese horror movie. Uh, which which uh, I watched while I was researching this because it kept showing up on so many uh-huh. people's list of best Japanese horror movies ever, and that's Onibaba. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Quite M. No, I haven't seen that. I wanted Neither to. Neither have I. Um, well, actually, I think I started watching it. Yeah. And I think I might have started watching... What is uh, it Onibaba? Yeah, it, no. 
Yeah. They're not my bag. Yeah. Because, yeah, um, aren't they, like, primarily they're anthologies? No. No? Maybe quite an Yes, because Quaidan is a collection of four Japanese folk tales with supernatural right. things. Okay, well, anyway. Yeah. Onibaba is set in, like, uh, feudal Japan. Okay. Uh, at a point where there is, like, I think more than one internal civil war happening at once, and everything is absolute chaos. And it centers around these two women who have taken to finding dying soldiers and robbing all their stuff. And maybe helping them along on the dying process, if, yeah, if, yeah. if that's what it necessarily comes down to. And, and, and the two characters are, are, are this old woman and her daughter-in-law. The daughter-in-law's husband, you know, woman's son, if you're, you're following this, you're picking up what I'm doing now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm so good at talking. Dear God. Uh, it, it has gone off to this war. And then his friend, who went off to war with him, comes back. And is like, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry your son didn't make it. And this guy is kind of skeezy and not right, and you get the feeling that maybe he kind of abandoned the son in a fit of cowardice. But he's he's after, you know, the the younger girl. And the older woman is realizing, oh shit, it, it, I, I'm relying on her to help me stay alive. Mm-hmm. You know, if he takes her away, I'm done for. So she's trying to figure out how to mm. how to get between them. And the way that she eventually does try to get between them is with the use of this demonic mask that, that this samurai general that she encounters had. Um, and I don't want to give away too much beyond that, except that using that mask has its cost. And oh. it's very atmospheric. It starts out really slow, and for the most part, you're like, this is a horror movie? Are you, are you sure? I mean, it's kind of an interesting yeah, character drama. Yeah. And by the end of it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess this is a horror movie. Yeah. But one of the things that was really neat, in it, and this is apparently, you know, based on masks that they've used in theater, but the mask itself is really cleverly designed mm-hmm. such that if you're seeing it from different angles, it seems to have different expressions. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, don't, I don't know how they did it, but, you know, it, it, from some angles it looks... Yeah. Angry and scary and terrifying. From other angles, it looks sad and thoughtful and worried. And it, 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 yeah. And so, you know, with the performance of the people in it, plus the mask all itself. Practical, yeah. Effects. Yeah. And, you know, there's no effect at all. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah. it's just this mask and, and how it's lit and the angle they're shooting it from. Yeah. It was really good. There, there was one list that I saw that was saying that uh, the, the person writing the list thought it was one of the best movies ever, let alone well, one I'm of the best Check it out. I think I kept I've, it I've probably oversold it, but I, I think yeah. it, I think it's really pretty. I think you'll like looking at it yeah. too. Um, a movie that I want to bring up is the one that was, uh, and actually, we just hit the anniversary of uh, the intro to Jim when I when oh, I yeah. had him here for a movie night, um, and we showed the original Godzilla. Yes, which there are two versions of the original Godzilla. There was an Americanized version um, that had additional. Um, you know, U.S. actors. Yeah, they had white people in it, so we'd care about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the original is, it's scary and thoughtful, and... Yeah, it's everything I never thought Godzilla was. Yeah, basically. and it was really, really wonderful done, wonderfully done, and, and it reminds me of when I was really young, watching the old black and white, you know, Godzillas, and um, Gamera, and, and all those that, you know, they had more heart than in more story before they got really amazingly silly. Yeah. Uh, but that first one's just 
Wonderful. And it's a good story. Oh, God. I, 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 I saw this this great quote on Tumblr the other day. Someone was saying that, you know, uh, it, it, it's funny that, you know, in, in, in American science fiction, radiation produces superheroes, and in Japanese science fiction, radiation produces monsters, to which somebody replied, <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if the two cultures had a different experience of what nuclear devices can do. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah, that reminds me, I wanted to read this list here. Uh, I, I read a great article earlier today that was some blogger's introduction to Japanese horror. Uh, this is a blogger named Chris Pruitt. I'm going to have to find the, the, this post again and, and link to it on our blog. But uh, he said that there, there are uh, four common features to a lot of Japanese horror movies. The first is that the universe is governed by rules. The second is that those rules can be beyond human understanding. The third is uh, modern society offers no protection from spirits and ghosts. <laughs> and, and the fourth yeah. is uh, perseverance in the face of utter destruction. Yeah. And that's definitely what he's saying, you know, was the strong influence of the after effects of the bomb. Of just, you know, a, a destroyed world that you're trying to make your way through. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, now that I think about it, that, that applies to Onibaba as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it still wasn't all that far. Yeah. Off of, um, uh, let's see, what's that? the older ones that I was still... Uh, speaking of also slightly lesser known, I think I kind of wrap up with the really, really well known. Or do you have one that you want to go No, no, I, I, um, One that I haven't heard that many people talk about is called Premonition. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was it was one of the it's first ones I saw, and I really, really liked it. It's and, a very um, cleverly constructed story. It is. And um, also, it is a very um, interesting touch on parenthood. Yeah. And, and how most parents are really willing to, to sacrifice everything. In, in the hopes of protecting their children. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's kind of got a changeling feel to it, yeah. of, of just yeah, that, opening, that. that opening shot of him losing his, his uh, child and his wife in a car. Uh, and it's just been a really good story. And um, one of the things that I love is uh, how a lot of their mythology um, will onto others um, how the the woman who first had one of the premonitions she's like it's too late for you you know like you've already seen it there's the teacher how long has it been since you've suffered since you've it's, been, it? it's been I reached I rewatched yeah. it um, and the so basically there is very at the very beginning it, I, don't, I don't think anything is being spoiled they lose their daughter um, a, a tanker truck goes by and hits the car flips the car that has their daughter in it and her seatbelt is stuck so they can't get her out and explodes. And uh, as with a lot of marriages with a uh, child death, it ends in divorce because a lot of marriages can't survive yeah. uh, that. And um, But they, they do research, like the, the, the ex-wife does all this research with other people that have been like touched by this and how it just is this creeping story and, 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 and supernatural entity that just kind of like, it's this ooze you can't get off, you know? Yeah. And, and I, and also like, it, it's not Japanese horror, but Shudder, you know, each of the people that had, had, you know, hurt the girl and it stained them yeah. and like, and affected all of their lives and, and how, you know, they, 
these doing this research going further out and seeing it just its impact everywhere. And I, I just love that idea of, of it just creeping slowly towards inevitability, which seems a lot with Japanese horror is <laughs> this, this slow creep towards yeah. this inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I mean so, so, so basically it does well what Juon was doing in, in a way that didn't so. engage me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, another one that, that, that I think you would like if you haven't seen it, um, if you like Premonition, is Reincarnation. I actually bought it to watch it and just didn't. So I will. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was about to say, you didn't watch it or you didn't like it? Like, I didn't watch you, it. You didn't watch it um, It has kind of the same feel to me in some ways. Um, the, the setup of it is that, you know, there was this hotel where these horrible murders happened years ago. And now somebody is trying to make a movie that recreates the events of that movie. <laughs> oh. uh, the, the events of that murder, which, you know, is always a good idea. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. And so, you know, the past <laughs> and the present start start kind of melding. In, See, in... part of the problem with doing the research for this is there is a such a dark... It just doesn't get better. <laughs> There's no getting better. So it's like... There's a lot of things I wanted to rewatch or even watch for the first time, and I never wanted to because I just lost my fucking cat. <laughs> like, yeah, I was okay. really, really sad, and I didn't want to watch really, really sad movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is uh, really kind of hard with Japanese horror. <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> like Reincarnation has a happy ending okay. to it, but I don't remember for sure because well, it's been years since I've seen it. I'll give it a the, the main thing that I remember from it is that the hotel in it. And it ends up being like the scariest hotel since the Overlook. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, 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 I was researching it. I just saw found, saw some pictures online of the hotel and just had this me oh god <laughs> reaction. And I was like, oh, okay. Apparently, this one affected me more than I remember. So that's worth checking in. Uh, I, I should talk about what got me into Japanese horror yeah. in the first place. The main thing that immediately got my attention is, is probably true for a lot of uh, United States horror fans, and that's the remake of The Ring sort of woke me up to the fact that there was this huge, you know, horror renaissance going on in Japan at the time. But the the, the main person who ended up exposing me to a lot of it is um, a, a uh, mutual friend of ours. I, I, I'm pretty sure you, you know him, Jeff Stout. Oh, yes. Yeah, DJ oh, Blackburn. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for a little context here, uh, Jen and I mainly know each other because uh, there was this uh, mailing list years ago for the Seattle Gothic scene. Yes. And that's also how, how I knew Jeff. And Jeff used to have these open invite movie nights. And for all I know, he may still have movie nights, but since the mailing list isn't around anymore, I'm not... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about them, but it makes me sad, because he just found all sorts of obscure stuff. Yeah. He would fairly regularly buy just all sorts of weird, oh, yeah, obscure DVDs. Loved, loved finding that stuff. Yeah. Just, just to see what they were like. Um, and... On these movie nights, he would show us stuff that we had never heard of before, and that's how I first saw uh, the Happiness of the Katakuris. Oh, I still was it one of his movie nights? I rewatched it a, a year or so ago, and oh. I didn't like it as much as I remember liking it. But it's still pretty fun, especially if you go into it knowing practically nothing about yeah. it, because well, of the swerves that it takes at, at a few points. Uh, it's kind of funny and strange and horrifying, and, and <laughs> yeah, the, the first time I saw it, I loved it, and the second time, I barely liked. Um, but you know, not many movies, not, not many horror movies, start off with with uh, a, an opening sequence that's play animation. No, yeah, yeah. For example, um, 
Another one that I saw for the first time at his place is one of my very, very favorite Japanese horror movies, and that's Dark Water. Oh. Dark that Water is, is fucking amazing. You know what made me so sad is mm. Jeff did not like that. Well, he didn't dislike our, our, it. Our, our Jeff? He yeah. He was kind of like, yeah. Really? Because remember, I think it was just the three of us that watched it, and we were like, oh. Oh, that's and right, yeah. he was like, oh. Yeah, I, I blanked that out of my mind, because yeah. I, I, I like Jeff. I, I, so. <laughs> it's okay for different people to like different things. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't even listen to our podcast, I don't no. think, but uh, this is funny to us. I am, <laughs> no, I really want to get, I have talked to Matt, I want uh-huh. to get him on, I want to get Tony yeah. on the podcast, and then I'd love to get Kelly on here too, because it'd be wonderful. Yeah. He's wonderfully argumentative. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, for, for a little context here, for, for, for those who are not in on our end joke, uh, Kelly apparently saw Ghostbusters partly on the strength of my recommendation, hated it, and has held it against me. <laughs> It was it was less that he, he even hated it. It just wasn't as good as you said it was going to be. Well, he's and wrong. now he said and because of that he said he can't trust your judgment for recommendations. Anymore. Yeah, which is just an insane overreaction. <laughs> and he just, oh my goodness, he was good just Lord. so delightfully hysterical as he was <laughs> as he was getting all upset about things. No, we should completely have him on. Yeah, too. no, I agree. Um But yeah, Dark Water I Ever, ever since then, I, I get a little nervous when I see a little pink backpack. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's really well done. Um, the, the, the pathos of the mom as she's struggling so hard to make everything work and keep, you know, has a really problematic relationship with her soon-to-be ex-husband. Yeah. And is, um just struggling in so many ways but is so loving and wonderful with her daughter mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's just and and a reason why i think so much of the um the fear of everything works is because you love the mother and daughter so much that yeah. you experience their peril with them yeah you really do it, so, it, 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 it really draws you yeah. in Oh, one thing that, that I wanted to mention, because I found this out in research, and this is an image that this movie used, that The Ring definitely famously uses, is of, you know, a ghost with, with long, yeah, the long one, hair. Yeah. You know why that is? Why is I that? I found out why that is. I love it. Um, a long, long time ago in Japan, uh, Japanese women uh, would grow their hair out, but would always, always have it tucked up. Uh-huh. Except at their funerals. So, if a woman's with hair her hair down, was it, dead. yeah, Ugh. isn't that great? So that, yeah. that's where that, that's where you know, it's it's this really old image <laughs> yeah. from their culture. But like you see paintings of it's, ghosts but with it, long it's hair. Like, it's 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 that thing of having something that's got so much history that we're not going to know why yeah. that instantly is unsettling and yeah. uncomfortable because they shouldn't be upright with their hair down. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they should be laying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want. I kind of want to touch on on the ring or the ringy movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, because they were one of the first I saw. Now I am one of those people that I love. I love the original, and I love the American remake. I think they are very, very different movies, and I'm I'm able to watch both of them for what they are and how they're different and appreciate mm-hmm. both of them. Um. Personally, I think, 
And, you know, there's all the people in the world out there who can disagree with me, but I felt it was really respectful to the, um, the origin material. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, yes, it really changed a lot of things because there are so many things with Renew that, um, which I, I haven't you said that it's just a weird translation thing of why they call it Renew. I believe so. Yeah. Anna's the one to ask. Anyhow, but, um, there's a quiet supernatural story and there's things that happen in the original that just wouldn't, wouldn't translate here. And, and I think we've both talked about this in the past of how, uh, Oh, the, the father like just has a supernatural sight. He's psychic. He's yeah, psychic. And they go, all right. Yeah. yeah this guy's psychic. Just, these, these things happen to these, these, people. These things happen in Japan. Yeah. Somebody just is touched in that way. And yeah. <laughs> And, and sees things from the and past. And it's a really, well, it, yeah. in the original, that's a really integral part of the plot. It really too. is. And it's treated with such respect. Yeah. And, but it's so quietly melodramatic and and quietly spooky, whereas everything's really much further over the top and louder and brasher yeah. in the American remake. Um, but they both just work for me. And then um, I remember so, liking um, a lot of the sequels. Uh, but they certainly are getting an, an amazingly diminished return with yeah. each of them. And there's one that came out like last year. Uh, that thing was just called um, Sadako. Sadako or something. And I, I tried. And it was just fucking shit-tastic. It looks And there's I, one that's called Sadako versus. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's Yeah. And people are looking forward to it. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And there's um, another one that came out. There's Rings that's coming Rings out. Rings is coming out. But one Have you seen the trailer really... for it? It looks kind of ridiculous. The first part of the trailer, I was like, wow, this looks really good. And by the end of it, it there's like what? A, 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 a plane. From what I'm hearing, nobody's I, I really looking don't... forward. Yeah. Nobody's looking forward to Rings. Yeah. Okay, it's Sadako versus Kyoto. Kyoto. And, and that's, that's the new one that's from the, the Grudge. Yeah. So I hear people are looking forward to that. It's the Vengeful Spirits of the Ring and the Grudge series face off. And I have butchered the pronunciation of that. I know I have. I'm sure we're going to butcher the pronunciation of many things before this episode goes. Yes. Because it's what I do. I open my mouth and wrong shit comes out. <laughs> um, but people, I know people are a lot more excited for that. People are not terribly excited for the Rings. One that I gave a rewatch to, um, of the rings uh-huh. is I watch Ring Zero. I've heard people say good things about them. It's yeah, and I haven't seen it. It's it's pretty good. Is that it's the, the, is the that one is dealing this, more with the ring virus? No, it no. is it is literally okay. the prequel story for Sadako becoming the okay. vengeful. Oh, um, or Sadako. Oh yeah, you know what? Becoming a vengeful spirit. I tried watching that once upon a time, and I couldn't get into it. That, I may just have been too tired when I tried to do the. That watch, happens but, a lot. Yeah. You know, it's it's not unheard of. You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> so they are, um, you know, they they're really good. Okay. Um, you know, um, and and I love the storytelling of them. Um, you know, I I rewatched uh, Ringu for this. No. And mm-hmm. and I didn't love it as much as I remember loving it. Yeah. And that apparently, is- I'm I find that there I have rewatched The Ring. And that is rewatchable to me in a way that the, the Ringu apparently isn't, and yeah. I can't figure out why. 
But but with with Ringu with with the surprise gone, yeah. there there's not enough of it left to really pull me into it. And it was it was the one, out of out of the stuff I've ran into to to watch or rewatch for this episode. That was the main thing I've been looking forward to. Yeah, I'm just I always like, rewatch it. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, that was cool. So I didn't hate it, but <laughs> you're, okay, you're you're, I'm, you're I'm, by something. I'm Why kind of giggled because. Um, I'm going to, we've, we've already covered it a whole bunch of times. And I'm going to bring up Takashi Miike's audition. Yes. We <laughs> fucking we, love audition. We, we do love audition. But what I will say, I have never watched it a second time. You don't need to watch it a second time. <laughs> you don't need to watch it a first time. Why would you do that to yourself? yourself? Exactly. But, you know, we saw it that one time. But I have a wonderful, handsome boyfriend game story. Uh-huh. And it's not an audition story. It is a Takashi Miike story. So he saw... (laughs) He saw that I own um, the... uh, Oh, God, what was the series called? Jesus Christ, Takashi Miike, you have so many fucking... Uh, Yeah, he's made a ton of shit. Like, like, like in the time, I think, that we've been talking, I think he made He's made made three movies while we've been recording this episode, yes. (laughs) He did the Masters of Horror. Oh yeah, uh, what, what was his? His was, was the band one that they literally would not show. Oh yeah, it was he terrible. Did, it it was terrible. But here's the thing: is I have to find Masters of Horror. He did imprint. Imprint. And he saw that I own two seasons, and he's like, "Oh, like he literally like looked uncomfortable." And he's like, <laughs> "Uh, so you." You own imprint? I'm like, yes. Don't don't watch that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh honey, you're I like saw it when it aired. Yeah. Like I it was Masters of Horror and Yeah, yeah sweetheart, you're way too late. <laughs> but it was so he looked so like unhappy, but it's so terrible. So basically a <laughs> guy that I used to know too and that he's like an old time buddy of his. You know, because you used to only just be able to buy the individual discs, the individual episodes. Right. And and because the sets themselves were really expensive. And so he bought just imprint. Oh, no. Okay. And, and he gave it to him when he was living with his, his best friend, Vinny. Oh, dear. And, and they put it in. <laughs> and there's like three of them sitting on the couch. With these shell shocked looks on their face of horror as they're watching it. Gradually losing and, their will to live. <laughs> yes. Because it is so fucking, it is just so awful. And his friend Vinny came in and he's like, What are you guys watching? Because they look really unhappy. And in these monotone voices, they all just, they're like, <sighs> Imprint. <laughs> well, is, is it? Is it good? And they're all like, I mean, literally like in unison, like they're like pod people or something. No. <laughs> it's it's really kind of fucking horrible. <laughs> like it is really the most horrible thing. He's like, well, is it really horrible? I mean, like, does it have, like, what? How horrible? Like, is it like child rape? And they all just in unison. Yes. <laughs> I think he had one other like really horrific thing that he was like, and this, and they're like, yeah, 
<laughs> and he just looked at them and, and he was like, and he just went to his room. It was done. Good call. Excellent call. Done. Yeah. Do not. <laughs> but, and the thing I really liked, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think that came from the second season. But the thing I really loved from the discs from the first one, because I ended up getting the second season on VOD because the it was out of print and they were right. really horrifically expensive. Yeah, I, I priced some of that out at one point or DVD. And I was like, fuck it, buy it on yeah. VOD. Uh, the one really thing from the from the first season is really the, the highest quality, the, the best episodes. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes downhill with the second season. And then one of the things that's really nice is because almost every single one of them is done by a different director. Mm-hmm. They're the masters of horror. Yeah. The special features on each of the desks 90% of the time includes a really lengthy interview. Oh, and wow. I, I think okay. it might have been done by Nick Garris. I'm not. I don't remember. Probably. Specifically. He's the one who's behind the series. The series. Right? Yeah. And it covers, with most of them, the entirety of their careers and That's talking fantastic. about what they... So, I mean, the, the, the extra features on that first season are really... Like, even if you don't like the show, if you're a horror fan... The features are fantastic for getting insight into some of your favorite directors. Hey, Masters of Horror is such a fascinating series movie because I, I found that there's no middle ground with any of the episodes. They're either excellent or they suck. Yeah, and, and like, I don't one know of the things that's really well, the, the the reason is is they're all wonderful ideas. Yeah. Okay. That didn't have enough flesh to become a full theatrical movie. Sure. Or wasn't it just because they literally gave them complete free range. Uh, yeah. Here's your time frame. Go to town. And so, you know, sometimes having someone tell you no. Oh, yeah. Is a really, sometimes having an editor mm-hmm. is a really good thing. So having, sometimes saying, somebody going, don't go down that road is a really good thing. Giving people that are really successful sometimes an absolute free reign to make whatever they want. Maybe some stuff isn't good enough. Yeah. Um, but occasionally you get those gems that yeah. are absolutely fantastic. But another absolute favorite of mine that I still think holds up really, really well is One Miss Call. Oh, yeah. One Miss Call uh, is great. To this day, um, is still is still my, my ringtone. Documentary where I forgot that, that this oh, was yeah, fictional. I that was that, right? yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was good. It's definitely worth seeing. Um, one that I had planned on rewatching, and I remember uh, being intrigued by it, but not specifically liking it, was Suicide Club. Okay. Um, um, but it, it just, I, I, I didn't rewatch it. I don't have enough memory on it, but I remember it, it really just fits that nihilistic. It does. It's all, it's also just, just really, really weird. I mean, yeah. like, you know, when a rock star shows but up, there's a couple singing. of them that are just so fucking wacky. Like, uh, Spiral, uh, Uzumaki. Uzumaki. I fucking love Uzumaki, but, but, but uh, it's still on Suicide Club. I love the opening scene of that. That is so messed up. So much that none of the rest of the movie can live up to it. No. Unfortunately. And that, yeah. that's the big problem with yeah. it, is, is it cashes in all its chips on the first hand. Um, but that opening scene is fantastic. It's a hell of an open, yeah. yeah. Um, probably, probably second, you know, it's it kind of up there with um, Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship, with yeah. that opening yeah. where you're like, oh, well, the rest of this is going to suck now. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it's I, worth watching once. Yes, and uh, uh, ones that I really liked, um, that I know you didn't, is I really liked Pyro, or also known as Pulse. Did okay. You, did you rewatch it? Yes. Right. And you know how we've talked before about, um, you know, sometimes you, you have a, a, a movie a second chance and you come away with a different feeling? I think this might be one of my favorite Japanese horror films. Oh my god! I know! It scared the shit out of me! I, well, not, not, all, not only is it scary, but it's just so depressing. It's so yes. about isolation yes. and... I, I, oh my god! Yeah. Yes! And, and, and I don't know what it was that I didn't like about it the first time. I think maybe the dreamlike logic of it lost me the first time, but this time that, that enhanced you, the feeling I had I about it. Did I ever it? tell you my biggest regret? Mm. So, this isn't spoiling anything, but the movie opens up and, and people are spending all this time online and people are like suffering from just debilitating depression and but there's this one guy who's on his computer, and he's got, a, like, a webcam. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching it like I do, because I'm a dumbass, watching it by myself yeah. in the middle of the night. And the moment where you see you see the something go behind him, uh-huh. and it scared me so bad that, you know, every once in a while, I'll, like, turn on the lights. And then sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I'll be watching this one in the daytime. Right. And it hurts me a lot to lose that that rush of adrenaline oh, and, sure. keep, and, keep, okay. and keep it going. Well, let, let me tell you something about my rewatching it. This okay. was one that, that, that in rewatching it, I got too tired and had to stop it and finish the rest of it in the daylight. <laughs> and there's one bit that, that unintentionally made made it way, way worse for me. Because, oh. you know, there, there's, there's scenes in the movie where, you know, <laughs> um, the guy... Uh, the guy is watching these weird little internet videos that are cropping up of just, you know, people that we, we find out are ghosts of just these people just alone in their rooms, right? Oh my god, yeah. Right? Okay, so I'm watching this scene, and then it shows a couple of these, and then the screen goes black for a second. And like I said, it's daylight, so I've got daylight coming in through my window, and I can see my reflection in the TV of me sitting alone in my room. Oh! And I'm just like, that is not fucking funny. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> so awesome. So I want to talk about two movies that are just a fucking blast. Okay. I want to talk about Wild Zero. Oh, I've never seen that. 
Oh my god, it is it <laughs> just really briefly taking the IMDb. Only legendary Japanese garage uh, garage rock band Guitar Wolf can stand between race of oh. aliens from destroying the earth with an army of zombies. Okay. Sold. <laughs> it's very silly and there's a band and I think they are called Wild Zero and but it's it is so amazingly silly and <laughs> over the top with zombies and aliens. Well, have you ever seen uh, Versus? Which is, is, is zombies and Yakuza, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. And, and a lot of gunplay. and it, it looks like it was, you know, they spent tens of dollars on it. But, <laughs> but it was, it, it, it's pretty solidly entertaining. Somebody broke open their piggy bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, Battle Royale. Battle Royale. I fucking love Battle Royale. I, 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 there are parts of it that I don't know if you could call this a fun movie. Because there are parts of it that oh, are just, just absolutely heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and I was chatting with Rob Beluso, who does uh, the Shockwaves, and when they used to do Killer POV, I was the person who documented all of the movies they reference in their podcast. And uh, go listen to Shockwaves; it's amazing. And if you want to go through the backlog of Killer POV, it's I think 140 episodes yeah. of fucking amazing. And you will thank me for that later. It's um, Rob Beluso, Melissa, uh, Rebecca McKendry, and uh, Elric Kane. Um, and they're all, you know, uh, now, um, Rob and Rebecca work for Blumhouse. Oh yeah, uh, that's running, right. Running their website, um, which is kind of becoming the, the go-to place for articles. It kind of is, discussing yeah. Her, um, and, uh, kind of replacing what, what Fearnet used to be. Right. Uh, and, um. And and have no fear for the fact that it's it's uh, headed under Blumhouse. Um, they don't see what they produce as at the end all be all. It is just a, sh- a sheer love for horror. Yeah. On the site, um, and they're all just wonderful horror fans. But uh, they had mentioned on their last podcast, I think, talking about Battle Royale, the second one. Oh okay. And um, the, the original Battle Royale. The sequel is not worth watching. It, it's not. It's a slog. It's painful to watch. Um, the thing is, is, is what you don't realize is, is the director of Battle Royale, uh, Kenji, um, Fukusaku, I think his name was, and he, he was like in his seventies. He was a very, very seasoned director. Yeah. And it shows because oh, yeah. it, it's there is, is masterfully directed. Um, you get the most amazing in just a couple minutes with, or even sometimes only like 45 seconds with a child and you feel like you know who they are and you care when they die. Yeah. Um, and it's just wonderfully done. And literally they started um, the second movie in the first weekend. I think his uh, son helped him a little bit um, doing some work with the first one. Died in the first week oh, and his gosh. son had to take it over. And of course, they were under a tight production right. schedule, so like didn't even get to even take any time to. So it never had a chance. Well, and he was a young director, and um, it's it's got a. I, I I've used this phrase before, but he has a fucking hard on for hating on the U.S. and yeah. it's deserved in in some respects, but. It is such a beat you over the head with a great big fuck you that it just ends up feeling. And the thing is, it's like, what's the Korean one? 
the host. The alien, the host, where that's the, kind of, you know. The, the, the big monster movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that really worked for me in that yeah. movie. I was kind of like, yeah, okay, you're right. This is the sort of thing we would do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with it just, you know, with the second Battle Royale, it just, there was no hope. There, yeah. and it was a slog, and it's not fun, and there's no characters you Whereas, weirdly enough, Battle Royale, even though, you know, it's about all these kids that only, you know, one of them is supposed to be able to survive, uh, it's all about hope. It is. Which is just kind of amazing. It's about hope, and it's about friendship, and... Yeah, the other movie that the director, the original director of the original Battle Royale did was The Green Slime, which is from 1968. It's an, an older kind of... Uh, for giant asteroid heading to Earth. Okay. The blog. Um, it's pretty, thing. yeah, and it's, um, you know, moderately famous and kind of cold. I've never heard of this, but uh, okay. So, anyhow. Uh, since we're talking about Green Slime, I want to mention a movie that has a fair amount of it in it. <laughs> okay. Um, and this, is, sold. <laughs> it, this also qualifies as, as movies that I just thought, thought were, were, were a lot of fun, and that's mm-hmm. uh, Infection. Okay. Um, I remember there being, like, lots of, like, green. Mm hmm. Something like whenever things are starting to go awry. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it, if I, I might be remembering this wrong, uh-huh. but uh, if I remember correctly, um, the, the zombie-ish virus in it, if it starts to affect you, it affects your color perception. Okay. Uh, it specifically, it fucks with like your red-green color perception. Okay. So you're not seeing red anymore, you're just seeing green. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was fun, and it was weird, and it was icky. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a good time. It, it, it'd be a good one for a Halloween party, I think. Um, we, we briefly touched on Uzumaki. That definitely qualifies as, as what the fuck am I watching weird. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything else. I mean, anything else I've got, seen... I've got a few things. Well, that's so, why I'm handing off the baton, mister. Oh, I see, I see. Uzumaki is, is based on a uh, graphic novel by... Uh, I'm probably going to slaughter his name here, <laughs> Junji Ito, who is kind of this, this uh, uh, among Japanese comics, is kind of a horror legend. Yeah. And that man is insane. As near as I, there, there's so many times where, where, and this is invariably late at night that I do this, where I'm like, man, I haven't read any of his stuff in a while, and I go Googling around until I find some, some translated stuff of his. And there's so many stories of his that I've read where I was like, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever read in my life. And then I can't sleep. No. Yeah. What was the one that, what was the comic that, or was it Jim who showed it to me? The comic that the Steven Universe, mm-hmm. the, where they, I can't remember the title of it, but. he showed me that yeah. series. Well, that's not okay. It, it's terrifying. Yeah. And the fact that, that Steven Universe visually referenced it, I was like, what? <laughs> that's not okay. It's my um, feel-good show, except when it makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the, the, you know, this is my hole. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, good stuff. Google around for his stuff, you can find some of his stories. Uh, there, there, there's one of his stories that, you know, this definitely qualifies under it. Well, that, that, there's no way this would work, um, but it just bothered the hell out of me, where um, this, 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 this woman had this armchair that she loved, and discovered after years that someone had been living in it. Okay, then. It was, like, kind of hollowed out on the inside, so he, so he just, you know, so she was just sitting on his, on his lap all this time. And 
It's a, it's a profoundly uncomfortable story, and and just with, with so much of this stuff operates on a very nightmare logic, which is there's no way this could could work, but he he makes you buy it for the length of the story. Um, oh, I I I can't believe I haven't yet mentioned the best Japanese horror movie of all time. And by the expression on your face, I, I know you know what I'm going to bring up. And that's Haosu. Haosu is so great and everyone should see it. Jen does not agree. Jen may not be talking to me anymore, which is going to make podcasting really fucking <laughs> from now on. Fuck Haosu. <laughs> what, what, what was that? Did you say something? Fuck Haosu. Haosu is fucking hilarious. It, it is uh, made by someone who got most of the story ideas from his seven-year-old daughter. Of, of what she it thought was scary. Not my, it is not my flavor of black. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a, a very messed up Scooby Doo episode, and directed by Dario Argento is the best way I've it is the best way I've heard it described. Um, I'm very fond of this movie, and I want to show it to a group of people, including Jen, none of whom have ever forgiven me. It Check is, this out. It's, it's uh, 1978, I think, is what yeah. I. I yeah, it's very, very odd. Uh, I'm going to mention another one that I actually really like that I don't think you've seen. And if you have seen it, I bet you didn't like it. And that's Tetsuo and the Iron Man. Yeah, I haven't seen it. it you know what's, So fucking weird. What is so... The, the dichotomy of all of the different things the Japanese culture... And I, I mean, I know that's being terribly... It's a huge blanket statement I've made. But... Oh my god, fucking Japan's so weird. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. their horror is so very then and and odd and so full of its folklore and these little tiny things that only make sense and are creepy to them, but they, they translate for creepiness for reasons we don't understand, but there's so many things that are very specific to their culture. Yeah. And then you get their action movies, which are, you know, just the... Who's a kind of element of like that stuff, and then, and then you have their comedies, which are just so much does not translate at all. I know. As why is this funny? Well, and, and there's so much with their culture that is so about repression. Yeah. And then you think about their porn. I, I try not to generally, <laughs> um, but it's just they are such an odd mix of everything that just makes absolutely no sense to an outsider, I, or at least makes no sense to me. I saw a post from somebody on Tumblr who was trying to, to draw an octopus and was not doing it very well, and, and, and so they realized they needed some photo reference, and so oh. they did a Google image search for tentacles. And they will never be okay again. <laughs> yeah, no, I was searching for some Steven Universe stuff and searching for Pearl... And Tecla was searching for some oh. Google, and and Joe was like, "Honey, you should probably take that computer away from her and make sure your maturity search is on. Yeah. Yeah, searches are on." Oh, if you can set maturity level on the internet, that changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, safe. So you really need to have some safe it, It's like the old joke about uh, my my monitor has a brightness knob, but it doesn't seem to do anything. <laughs> so I'm um, just really quickly going back to the. Uh, this is my hole. It's, what, it's the, the, the Enigma of Amigara Vault. Yes. And, uh. Um, we will link for this. Yeah, and it is just 
it, it is an, a really amazingly uncomfortable story. Definitely one of my favorites of his. And uh, ooh, um, there's a reference to it in Steven Universe um, of these people-shaped holes, mm-hmm. and where she makes it. This is my this is my hole, um, and. Yeah, and, and on the side note, we've talked about Steven Universe before. It's definitely not horror, but it is one of the most emotionally sound, wonderful stories that are being told right now on television. Um, yeah, it really is. And if, if you like things that contain musical numbers and... Oh my god, speaking of their musical numbers, the, the, the most recent one, Here Comes a Thought... Oh, fucking amazing and heartbreaking. And even better is the demo version that Rebecca Sugar does yes. by herself. Oh. Yeah. So now uh, uh, Liz and I were both making jokes about how, you know, she has a giant crush now on Rebecca Sugar, and I was like, and yes! Yeah. How, how could you not? <laughs> uh, I, I gotta give a shout out here to uh, Tumblr user uh, circa1891. I know! I get occasional messages from them. Yeah. Um, sends me the best stuff. Yeah, 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 same here, same here. Messages me all the time. But but the reason they started messaging me in the first place um, is because I mentioned Steven Universe on a podcast and, and just got this, oh my God, you watch Steven Universe? What, what, what do you think of this and this? And I got this huge conversation. And of all the things that I, that I thought, never would have thought that my horror movie podcast would yeah. lead to yeah. is a conversation with someone on the internet about Steven Universe, but that is what happened, and that's that's the magic of um, I remember when you said you were having a hard time getting into it. Yeah, yeah, li- literally the first dozen episodes, I was like, like okay, this is cute, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, since they're 11-minute-long episodes, yeah, it didn't feel like really a huge best. commitment yeah. to keep trying, and I'm so glad I did, because it's amazing. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Japanese horror movies. Um... Uh, I, I, was, I was mentioning Tetsuo the Iron Man. It's like a cyberpunk nightmare. It, it's this, <laughs> it's this virus type thing that causes this guy to start his flesh to start transforming into just random mechanical parts. And I don't really know what it's about, and I've seen it. Um, but it, it's very visually striking. It's what? very messed up. Which one is the movie where they can cut themselves and re- and reform their bodies? There's there's a Japanese movie where like this woman this woman like like mutilates like her genitals to create like a like a crocodile kind of oh I've seen that image I've seen that yeah. that that, that uh, um, but basically it, they alter their flesh by by mutilating themselves and it allows them to reshape their bodies don't try this at home kids yeah pretty much that's not okay no I, I'm not familiar with what that one is um. I've only got a, a couple more that I, that, I, that I really necessarily want to mention. Uh, one of which is an anthology that I am pretty fond of, and I think you've seen this, and that's Three Extremes. I, I, I have, like, I got it, like, super cheap at, uh-huh. like, half price books, and every time I go to put it on, like, I, I like, wander away into the other room, <laughs> and, like, never... Huh. Yeah, that, that doesn't, that doesn't I, work. Uh, I don't know. You might like it. I don't know that there certainly be segments in it that you'll like. Oh, I know I one of the segments. Is amazing. I've heard that too, heard. and it has been turned into a full-length feature, which uh-huh. I have not seen, but that I'm very curious about. I wanted to watch it for this episode. Didn't end up happening. And the last thing I want to mention 
is one that I was starting to wonder if I had made up. Because uh, when I first started getting into, into Japanese horror, it's one that a lot of people were talking about. But now that I was searching around for people's best lists, I was not finding practically anybody mention it, which is really weird to me. And that's uh, Tomie. Yes! Have you seen that one? I, I, I don't remember liking it very much. Okay, I did like it. Um, the, the idea of it is that there's this, this girl, this kind of mutant, basically. I don't know if she's magical or yeah. genetic or what, but people become fascinated with her, usually to the point where they kill her. And when I say usually to the point where they kill her, she can come back from the dead. And by which I mean that any part of her can come back from the dead. So eventually there end up being multiple versions of her walking around. <laughs> and in one of the sequels, and I didn't know there was a sequel, and I found out today there are seven sequels, <laughs> and holy shit, I need to watch at least some of these. Uh, in one of them, there's a scene where somebody's just walking through this town, and everyone else on the street, except for them, is Tony. Yeah. And that sounds pretty terrifying, so I need yeah. to check those out. And, uh, yeah, I need to wrap this up so that I can get out here and make it down to the Cinerama for the 70mm showing of Starman. Which I'm super fucking excited about. Which I've never seen, because... I know, you need to see it. Because my 80s were wacky. Yeah. And not not fun. <laughs> it, 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 it's, a, it's such a dear, sweet movie. Uh, it, it's a very good-natured film, and kind of heartbreaking in places, and not the sort of thing that you would assume came from John Carpenter. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty fantastic. All right. Oh yeah, I should also link on the blog. Speaking of Carpenter, reminded me of this because Lost Themes is, is on the, this, this page. Um, I, I saw this post on uh, Bandcamp's blog about here's some music, music that you might like if you like the music in Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and listed a ton of albums that are. So like, did we talk about Stranger Things since you finished it? I don't remember that we did. Okay, so. I absolutely love Stranger Things. It's I, really think, good. I think we, when we talked about it, you're like, don't you dare spoil it. For yeah, me, I think I've you're right. Seen three episodes. Uh, I, I, I have now seen it through the ending. Um, I, I don't have time to go into it in any length, but uh, I, I thought I thought it was pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah, so and, go watch that. Um, somebody made the really interesting point, but it's basically like three different styles of '80s movies mm-hmm. combined. Yeah. It, it's and it's a, it a kids coming of age movie. It's a teen horror movie, it's an adult aliens versus the government conspiracy thriller, yep. and then all three of these threads converge at the end. Yeah. It's pretty I fantastic. Think it's just absolutely, and it's amazingly well acted, and yeah. everybody's really good. Every, everything is fantastic in it. So. Um, and there's going to be a second season, so you should, you should get on that bandwagon if you haven't already. So and I'm, it's got a really fantastic, just kind of synthesizer-y, John Carpenter-y oh, soundtrack and, to it. And, you know, the thing that made me sad is they released the soundtrack on, on iTunes of the, the score yeah. that they've done. I really love a soundtrack being done because every single song in it was like the music I love of the 80s. Oh, yeah. It's very yeah. new wave. And, I mean, wasn't there like Joy Division and like yeah. and some covers, I think, too, and stuff? And there's, oh, um, really, really good. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I'm Jennifer yeah, no. Lovely. I'm Michael Montour. This has been Don't Read the Latin. You can find us at www.dontreadthelatin.com. Uh, please do, as Jen was saying at the top of the yeah, show. Yeah, please, uh, if you could, rate you know, us and review yeah, us on iTunes. On iTunes. That would be fantastic. It would, it would help get the word out. I mean, we've been doing this for just under two years, I think, or maybe two uh, years. Maybe over two years. Maybe so. two years, but... We've been doing it for a while. We've been doing it for a long time, and we've got a lot of good content, and 
we love our horror and we yeah. love sharing it with you. So, you know, let's so, yeah, let's help spread the word. Please, please do. And uh, on, on our website, you can find links to our personal website. So yeah. from there, you can find us on social media. So go ahead and follow us. Do. If you've got any questions, comments, whatever you feedback you want to give us on the show, we would love to hear it. And we just love the conversation. So, Absolutely. you know, I've gotten a bunch of Tumblr messages. I'm sometimes bad on uh, responding right away and might not be terribly lengthy, but I love every single message I get. Yep. Yep. Uh, Same. So, Same. See you. So, we will see you in two weeks for something yes. that's not free. Yeah. For something that's not free. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs>